Hello, listeners, and welcome to our PAX East 2020 wrap-up episode. My name is Matt. And my name is Jenna. We are a little bit delayed in this uh, because of the global pandemic. Yeah, things got a little weird after PAX. Well, a bit before PAX, things got weird. I think they were a little bit weird to begin with, uh, just not uh, to the magnitude that they are now, because there were some um, articles about uh, criticizing people for still going ahead with PAX. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of companies pulled out, so we didn't get to see uh, Sony at all at PAX. They just didn't have any stuff there, uh, which was weird. There was a lot of space on the floor, I guess, just because Sony wasn't there. Well, I think a lot of other companies pulled out as well. But yeah, it did make it quite nice and um, open (laughs) to walk around on the floor. Yeah, it's weird to look at it as a positive, but it like in that sense, yeah, it was it was nice having uh, having some nice, big, clear areas to to stand in. I think a lot of attendance didn't go as well. Yeah, it seemed really quiet, especially on um, Thursday and Friday. I thought those days are historically quiet, but they were pretty empty. Yeah, this I mean, I've never seen it that quiet. In fact, I was kind of shocked on Thursday mm-hmm. just at how quiet it was. Uh, oh, and Square Enix, I think the, they didn't have any of the Japanese team there. They still had booths, but no, not the Japanese team. It was all in all. It was a little odd, I guess, just because of all that. And they had a lot of crews going around wiping things down, some more effectively than others. Every booth had a giant thing of hand sanitizer that said something like, people are gross or wash your damn hands. <laughs> yeah. And we got uh, people were giving out hand sanitizer. I think they usually do. It's just that I noticed more this time. Like, <laughs> like the, the hand sanitizer with the company logo on it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they probably always have those. It's just this time I was like, oh, yes, I want that. But we, uh, we did not get sick. Which is good. No, I think if anything, it was cleaner and uh, there was no PAX plague this year. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. I think, yeah, normally we get like a cold or something afterwards, but we've been fine, which is good. But Mm -hmm. yeah, but things have been a little weird in the world in the weeks since. But we're here now. What was your favorite thing of PAX? My favorite thing probably was the Acquisitions Incorporated panel. I just really like those. Okay. And this was a particularly good one because Mike... I think does a really good job when he takes it, when he he runs, you know, when uh, Jeremy Crawford or or back when it was Chris Perkins running it, whenever they couldn't make it, he'll sometimes take over. And I think he kind of he puts in a lot of effort. <laughs> and uh, in particularly in this case, I've never I've never seen a and d game live with quite the amount of stuff going on on this. You know, that he had like a big display behind him with animations and things that he was controlling. And, and it was like. I know it was really good as a D and D live show, possibly the best one I've seen. I like when he does it because it's always a kind of a standalone episode of it. Um, because I only really watch the ones that we go to live, uh, cause it's just too much to keep up with otherwise. So I, I like these ones because you can just jump in, not know the characters or the story or anything. And then it ends. Yes. Yeah. Cause you're not really one to listen to D and D on in podcast form or anything like that. Right. That doesn't, well, I just don't have the time. Yeah. I barely have time to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. And, and a D&D podcast, I mean, historically is four hours, generally speaking. Right. So, yeah, it's a big commitment. So, this one was an adaptation of The Mandalorian uh, for D&D, for their characters, which I guess if you listen to this and you know what PAX is, you probably, I mean, you would have heard us talk about it and you can look up the details of all that. But I just think he did a really great job. 
uh, it was very funny. It was fucking hilarious, actually, and uh, very entertaining. I like the way that they play D and D. I know that they're all comedians and actors and everything, but mm. I like the uh, they put a lot more effort into storytelling. And even the way that Mike or Jeremy Crawford, when they run it, they're not just giving you endless things to fight. So it's yeah. not just like, oh, and then another skeleton, and then another one, and then this. And then <laughs> uh, if they feel like a fight is going on too long, they'll just cut it yep. and ha- add some exposition that somehow makes it end. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I think Chris Perkins used to do that all the time. And that's when I first noticed that. Oh, oh Chris Perkins cool is very good at it. do. I think it just keeps the game from getting stale. Yeah, totally. And if you're not into just dice rolling, then, which I guess I'm not so much either, then it, it also for a live show, it, it's way more entertaining to hear them kind of improv than it is to see them roll dice. So, But it still feels like they're playing D&D because I know I played some games where it's like, if it's not fighting heavy, then you're just kind of talking to NPCs and there aren't other checks, like rolls mm-hmm. to... To perform checks. I like the way that they have a good mix of it. We'll just have to, uh, and by we, I mean I, we'll have to incorporate that into our D&D <laughs> games. <laughs> so what was your favorite thing of the of the show? Well, the thing that I looked forward to most was the Supergiant panel. They actually had two. So the first night, Friday night, they had a concert. So I think they've only done this once or twice before. I think they did it in London and then at PAX West Prime. Yeah, Pax Prime, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was uh, Darren Korb, who is the composer for Supergiant Games, and Ashley Barrett, who has been working with him at Supergiant since the beginning. So the two of them have done all the music for the four games that Supergiant has now put out, Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, and Hades. And they're my favorite game company. I love it. all of the games they put out, and the music is really well integrated into all of their games. So the first night they did the orchestra and then the following day they had a panel with uh, the two of them and Logan Cunningham, who is the voice actor for Supergiant. So it was really fun to see all that and to see the music performed live. And Darren Corp is just such a nice guy. And you could tell that he was having this orchestra play his songs was like a profound moment for him. Yeah, it seems like Darren's just a really sweet guy who's genuinely humble and kind of overwhelmed by his success. I was really surprised, actually, because after the concert on the Friday night, um, they did a signing. And previously, I've uh, met him. We, I've, I've actually interviewed him a couple of years ago, and that uh, I think you can find on our website. Yep. In the past, when I've met him, we kind of just went right up to the booth and said hi and chatted with him. Um, this time, there was a line for hours. Like Yes, they shut the line down because they ran out of time because they needed to close the venue at midnight mm-hmm. um, and then had to do an overflow the next day. Yeah, it was crazy. But the nice guy that he is, he remembered us from years prior. Yeah, he's honestly like, he's so nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like mind-blowingly nice. I'm not sure I would be as like, pa- like and pa- so patient. Like yeah. they were there for so long. I would lose my mind. I know. And they were having technical difficulties, too, with the computers trying to sell their stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit overwhelming, but I feel like the whole team, they they handle it really well. They're so nice. They're yeah, they talked to each person that came through. So that that was a really cool thing. I'm glad we did that. Despite 
standing and <laughs> waiting for so long it was just nice to oh yeah really happy for them like because as a company I'm, I'm glad that that they can exist as a company and mm-hmm. be successful because you know they kind of the opposite of your kind of triple a studio almost like they just do what they love kind of thing it's not doesn't feel like commercial you know what i'm saying yeah and four games in they still have a very small core team mm-hmm. um and i i like that but if uh, if you've never played any of their games, I kind of recommend playing them in the order that they were released. But the newest one um, is actually really fun, and I've been playing it now. It's not uh, completed yet. It's still in early access. But I don't feel like that takes away anything from the game. It still feels complete when you're playing it. But it, it, it just means that every month or two, they add new features, which is pretty cool. It's on Steam? It is on Steam, yeah. Yeah, okay. most of their games are PC. Um, they have ported them over to Bastion and Transistor are on the Switch. Um, Bastion is on, on Xbox. And I think they might, at least the, the first two, Bastion and Transistor, are on PlayStation as well. Yeah, they're also on uh, iOS. Oh, that's right. Bastion and Transistor, yeah. yeah. they actually And they just released, um, if you have Bastion on iOS already they the, the original version of it was made by some other company like it was ported by some company and apparently the, there were a lot of performance issues like Supergiant okay. just released their own like build of it and it's it runs much better and hmm. it's actual you know actually supports all the new devices properly and everything so and it's five bucks so you I mean <laughs> yeah there I mean Bastion's a pretty old game now but I played it again recently and I I still think it holds up Oh, cool. I, I mean, I've, I've never played all the way through it. I played a bunch of it on the 360 back, back you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how, mm-hmm. however long ago. Uh, but I never finished it. So I got to get my act together and do that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as usual, we went and saw all the Penny Arcade panels, you know, because we, we love those guys, the Q&A panels. Uh, they're always funny. And I feel like, I, once again, I'm sort of disappointed and feeling a bit old by how easy it is to get into those panels versus how <laughs> difficult it was even just five, six years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yep. I know for the guys so, who started it all. Yeah. And uh, I mean, obviously, they're still they're doing fine. They're doing some good stuff and they've branched mm-hmm. out. They've got like Twitch and, and you know, all their associated things now. And they're doing huge things with like D&D and everything. So it's all it's all good. The Q&As are always funny. Uh, and they, the themes are always weird and ridiculous. I like this Gilbert and Sullivan <laughs> thing they had. <laughs> no one on this time. I um I do really like how in their um, make a strip panel now they hold so at every uh, live show they'll draw um a hot dog fairy. I'm not sure where that originated, but that will be somewhere in the strip. But um, I don't remember where that came from. They've now started kind of holding it hostage, <laughs> <laughs> and I think this started actually at one of the packs on plugs that we were at where um. They said they would only draw it if if the donation amount for Child's Play got up to a certain amount, usually around like $10,000 or something. And it always does. And it always makes it there by some very small incremental amount until suddenly it makes the jump that someone in the audience has just donated five to $10,000. So this year, I think the max, like the minimum was set at 20000 mm. And it kind of just all of a sudden jumped up there. Yeah, I don't know who this mystery person is. If it's the same person every year. <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah. If it's you, write in and let us know. Podcast at multiplenerdgasm.com because this happens every time. Yeah, damn, we'll draw you a fairy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I can't, I can't draw, but I'll do my best. <laughs> the clam chowder fairy mm-hmm, this time. Mm-hmm. And then also a Boston 
cream. Oh my god, it was disgusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike's really good at capturing what it is that's horrifying about <laughs> the food. Like Oh, about everything. Did you see the pins they made this year of himself and Jerry? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> like the the worst possible versions of them. What are yeah. they, what are they what are they calling that? I can't I'm, remember. I'm not I sure. Them. Yeah. Yeah, they're just horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> hilarious though i did like that tweet of jerry's that said like my best friend in the entire world drew this picture of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. and then the other panel that we went to was the gearbox panel uh, yes which i'm glad we made it to this year last year we missed it because we thought nothing happens on thursday let's skip that one day <laughs> we'll just go to work and uh <laughs> they moved gearbox from the sunday that it's always been on to the thursday i'm not sure if that's just in a way to get more people there on one of the quieter days mm, um, maybe uh, it didn't really work i guess if that was <laughs> the plan um but it's always no, a great panel it's too late it's too late at that point yeah, they didn't release. That's what happened last year. They didn't release the schedule until just about a week before. And by that time, there was no way I could get that day off of work. Right. Uh, so this time I kind of expected it and I planned for it. The Gearbox panel is almost like a rock concert these days. It's a little like, I don't know. It's very like, I mean, I love it, but it's very, very showy. You know what I mean? It's not like you get these very dry panels about video games where someone gets up and talks about you know, this is the new game and blah, blah, blah. Whereas Gearbox is like... No, this is like a, a Vegas <laughs> show yeah. or something. Yeah. And I, I, it's I got different acts. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I got to assume that's Randy's influence because he's like a showman, magician kind of kind of thing. Yep. And there's always so. like a check under your chair or some kind of thing like that. Um, yeah. This year they gave away some golden keys for the games and then I believe some skins as well. Yeah, we have to. We should claim those. I forgot about it. We should. We should do that. Mm-hmm. But they announced the new fucking DLC. Oh my it god, crazy. it looks so good. Oh my god, they're killing it right now. I think uh, this video is now available online too, so you can watch the trailer for it. Love guns and tentacles. It is the marriage of Wainwright and Hammerlock, and it mm. looks like a Lovecraftian nightmare. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's got, like, floating tentacle monsters and weird shit. Uh, it, yeah, I'm super excited. Oh, and uh, Gage makes an appearance in it. She's, like, the wedding planner, I guess. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. And they did, like, a live uh, performance of the, I guess, the intro sequence. I don't know if they're actually even going to make this, but they all, they acted out. All the voice actors. <laughs> yeah, uh, the introduction to... To the DLC. So I, I don't know if anything's going to come of that, but it was all the voice actors. Yeah, they acted it out. And then um, Eli Roth uh, showed up. Yeah, because he actually, they announced he is directing um, the Borderlands movie. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to make a Borderlands movie, but okay. Yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah. Just a lot of shooting, I guess. But Borderlands has a very particular visual style mm-hmm. that. I mean, are they, I mean, I guess it's early days, but are they going to try and do that? Or are they going to just, is it just going to look like a normal film or? All right. And what could the story be? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because Borderlands is kind of funny because it makes fun of the fact that it's a video game. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not saying, I mean, maybe it'll be great. Probably it'll be entertaining in some form, even if it's terrible, but I just. I'm just confused. As long as it has boner farts in it, then we're good. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to see it. I mean, like Eli Roth, I'm not a fan of all of his films, but he does seem like a fun guy. And I guess if anybody's going to make a Borderlands movie, it might as well be someone who at least has a fucking sense of humor. So. I'm pretty excited. I, I'm i a fan of most of his films. So Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like they didn't show anything. They basically just said, hi, here's Eli Roth. He's going to do it. And then he made a, a joke that maybe is real or maybe not about getting all the cosplayers mm-hmm. to come down so we can mm-hmm. film them being killed. And then that's about, that's all we know about it at this point. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> so most of our time, this PAX was spent in the panels. Yes. But we did go down to the floor a little bit. We got to hang out with some of our friends from previous PAXs. Mm-hmm. Robin Anthony from Three Flip Studios. They've, we talked about in the past, they've made Armed and Gelatinous, and now they actually handmade a bunch of arcade cabinets. Yes, they are fucking cool. They've actually been traveling the country, setting these up at various video arcades. So if, if you're into arcade gaming and you're in, I'm sure there's one in Chicago, there's one down in Florida, just check it out at, check your local arcade. So you've gone there and take a couple of friends, check it out. Cause it's fucking awesome. Also bonus, the arcade machines have cup holders. Yeah. You were very excited by that. <laughs> I am very excited about that. <laughs> I don't know why that, how has it taken this long for that to, to I know. It just seems like common sense, especially like, if you're serving drinks at your, you know, your, uh, your, your arcade, which a lot of them are these days, because let's be honest, I think more adults go to arcades these days than children. So, yeah, cup holders, <laughs> yeah, people. I just, I just wish the pinball machines with head would have cup holders. Yeah. It's my one thing. <laughs> you don't have to block your field of vision with a, with a, a Well, beard. you can't put it on there. It'll just slide off. Yeah. Because most arcade machines are angled. So there's nowhere to put anything. You have to put it on the floor and then you knock it over. So great job, guys. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Um, but still a great fun game. I oh, love yeah. I love getting to play it every time we see them. I like it's one of those games that even if you, you can play it with a bunch of strangers and by the end of it, you'll like love hate each other just because it's mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a good party game. We met Tom from Tiny Mations. He's the developer of a game called Clang. Uh, the first Clang, I believe, has been out for a while, but he's he's currently working on Clang 2, which he was showing at PAX East. Uh, and because his booth was pretty busy, so he was kind enough to send us a, a, a key to check it out, and I've been playing it. It's fucking cool. It's like uh, a rhythm game, mm-hmm. which I am traditionally not a huge fan of. Like, <laughs> you know, like Guitar Hero and those kind of games I'm not super into, but this one is different because it's more like a platformer that you have to control in time with the music. You okay. know what I'm saying? Okay. So, like, you control the character on the screen and you have to, like, swipe, click, and hold in time with the music. Like, the indicators pop up on the screen. And, like, it's fun. I thought I was good at it because I was getting, like, 90%. And then I saw uh, in their Discord channel. You were on easy that- or something? <laughs> no, there were people in there with, like, 100%. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> so, I guess I got to try harder. But it's not out yet. It's just in, in beta. And... Uh, I think he's still working on it, looking for some feedback, but keep an eye out for that. It's called Clang 2 and it's it's got these really trippy visuals. The music's really great. It's like, it's going to be cool. So keep an eye out for that. I had one more um, video game that I wanted to talk about. Um, mm. It was by a Polish studio, Walkabout Games, and it was called Liberated. It is uh, a comic book game. So you, all the um, exposition is kind of delivered by the panels of a comic book. And then when it gets to a part with uh, action, you are playing within the panel. 
Yeah. Um, so it was a cool original idea. It is, I think, just the right amount of frustration and difficulty. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was tough. Where it, it's tough, but it, it wasn't so tough that you just want to rage quit it. It's mm-hmm. it's just tough enough that you're like, oh, I can get through this. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked that. Yeah, he was saying that he he's a comic fan, but he feels like comics are you know, on the way out. Yeah, they're a dying medium. So he yeah. thought he could kind of merge uh, video games and comics. That's mm, a really good idea. Yeah, and it's got a, a cool dystopian kind of film noir-y detective setting. Yeah, like kind of like a little cyberpunk, but more mm-hmm. Orwellian, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, that is also not out yet, but it is coming out soon, I believe on Steam. But look for that one, Liberated. It was really the art that drew me over to it. Yeah, there was, the banner was very... Uh, very eye-catching and mm-hmm. kind of up your <laughs> up your alley, so to speak. They had a really big Animal Crossing booth. Very fancy. <laughs> yes. And there, were, <laughs> there was lines around the block for Animal Crossing. Uh, it's out now. So possibly if you're interested in it, you've already heard about it. I mean, it's Animal Crossing. I don't know. I mean, you uh, you arrive on an island and you owe that crafty raccoon a bunch of money and then you got to pay him back i mean it's (laughs) yeah i don't i mean i've only played um new leaf yes on 3ds yeah yeah and as much (laughs) as addicted as we got to it i still (laughs) it's a very frustrating game because i'm like i'm not even doing anything and i have to now check in with this stupid monkey that lives next door to me at exactly 3 p.m and (laughs) like and i have to get guilted for not having played it for two days straight and now they're all i can't believe you've left us yeah it's the first game that i've ever set an alarm at so that at work i could duck out to visit cube my penguin neighbor uh otherwise he gets he he just gets so upset if you miss your appointment you know uh see i I think my first game that i had to set an alarm for was um (laughs) webkins were you yes i in um in college a few of my friends and i got pretty addicted to this stupid online game where you actually had to go out and buy uh these little like stuffed animal things um that came with a code and then like like actual physical actual physical like i still have some of them somewhere um actual physical little like beanbaggy stuffed animals that came with a code on their tag that you entered into your webkins account um, and then you would be able to play as that character, like a little cow or elephant or whatever it was. And then huh. um, you had to create rooms and buy furniture and stuff. But there was this guy who um, sold different furniture or things for your rooms. Right. Um, but he would say, like, you have to be here between three o'clock and three fifteen, <laughs> And then you can get this rare item. It sounds like almost like it was ahead of its time because now you have like you know, the Spyro games, what do you we call that crap? And um, the Disney Infinity where you had, you know, you buy the characters and then you scan them in. Oh, and the, um, like, Amiibos, you can play as the characters if you scan the Amiibos in. Sounds yeah, like, yep, yeah. yeah. But please, if anybody, anybody listening ever played Webkins, let me know I'm not the only one. We had, like, a whole work <laughs> group of people and whoever was off that day would be like, don't worry. Like, we all had each other's passwords and we're like, I got this for you. Don't worry. <laughs> That's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> and we were far too old to be 
to be buying all these right. stuffed animals. <laughs> but I, I look all the people playing Animal Crossing right now. I would have said, you know, I, I I didn't know what Animal Crossing was until I played it on the 3ds, and now I kind of get it. But I I would not have picked how many grown ass fucking people play that game yep. had I not yep. experienced it for myself because it is it, it looks like it's silly. Like a silly kids game, and it kind of is, but it's not. It's fucking addictive. Not only that, its release was the same day as Doom, <laughs> which which I have been playing. <laughs> <laughs> we actually got to play. Um, I, it is out now, but we did get yes. to play the beginning of it um, at an event at PAX. Yes, so not at PAX itself, Bethesda. Does an event next door every year. PAX East is on at the uh, Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. And right next door in the hotel is a comedy club called Laugh. And every year, Bethesda, well, it's two years so far, I think, and hopefully it continues. Bethesda hires the whole bar out and turns it into a Bethesda game convention of their own. Basically. It's called Bethesda Game Days. And um, they do their own like live podcasts. They have a little uh, Bethesda store and then demos of the upcoming games. And you get uh, free drinks, two free drinks, I mm-hmm. believe. And uh, lunch. And and lunch. Yeah. And you you will have to line up probably for a few hours to get in because it gets really busy. But honestly, I think it's worth it. Oh, it absolutely is. It's like, it's a cool little offshoot of packs yeah. that is not um, very well marketed, I think. Well, we didn't know what it was last year and we were technically invited. Like, I didn't right. even know what the hell it was. Right. Like, so, but luckily we found out. <laughs> now we can go every year because it's really great. They were showing Doom, Eternal, and the Wastelanders expansion for Fallout 76, which turns Fallout 76 into an actual game that you can play, finally. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be nice for those people who bought that. Well, that's, that's video games, uh, but PAX isn't just about video games. Uh, even even if less so these days, there is still a lot of tabletop stuff at, at PAX East. And honestly, I kind of enjoy that a little more sometimes. Um, we played some, some cool shit. Yeah, I think um, we played quite a few games. I think we should highlight a couple of them. Yep. One that we got pretty into. And played for a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've never actually seen this before, but it was called Crokinole. And it is a very large board. Is this like some sort of traditional game or is this a new game that just feels traditional? I don't know. Like it's it's kind of like shuffleboard. Is yeah. That- yeah. So it's a, a circle board um, that's waxed. It's like very smooth and you have these little discs and it's basically very similar to the rules of curling or shuffleboard Mm. where you alternate turns and you knock other players pucks off the board and try to get your own in the inner circle yeah and like you literally flick them and Mm -hmm. and send them scooting around the the board and it's like it's super fun yeah yeah I was very tempted to buy one, but they're—I guess—just because of the nature of the game, they have to be crafted well for it to work, and they're quite expensive. Right. So they had a lot of boards there that were brought by Jeremy Tracy, and you can find his boards at crokinolegameboards.com. Um, they're beautiful, and yes, after playing it for an hour or so, we were very, very tempted to just buy one on the spot. The ones that he brought there were all ones with very slight defects, which you wouldn't even know. 
until they were pointed out. So he let everyone play on them. And then at the end of the convention, they were all sold off. He said he's not taking any of them home with him. So <laughs> they will be sold in one mm-hmm. way or another. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a great game. And it's apparently there's like a league for it and everything now. It's like a actual competition game, I believe. So I know probably more people have heard of it and we're just... Sounds silly that we're <laughs> so amazed by it. Everyone's like, yeah, Croconole, of course. But no, that was fun. Yeah. We played a game called Dragoon that I had not seen before. It's It's got like a, a cool art style that, that drew our attention, I think. And I think it's quite popular because they had a very successful Kickstarter and they had new expansions and, and whatnot. You basically you play as a, a dragon and you move around the board, you know, collecting resources, gold, trying to hoard gold and... And destroy villages and, you know, outdo the other other dragons that were playing. It's a cool game. It's like yeah. simple, nice. I guess a really beautiful, um, high quality wood and metal game boards as well as the traditional, you know, the, the, the normal box copy you would get. It's a cool game. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. Another board game we played was called uh, Nexus Infernum. It was made by uh, Archon Games, who made the game Eschaton that we had previously played and purchased at um, PAX Unplugged. I mostly like this company because of their art style. Yeah. It's very, like, gothic-y kind of Satanist. <laughs> yes. They're all about demons and skulls. So, and yeah. So, every time I see that, I'm like, ooh, they have a new game. <laughs> ooh, it's evil as well. Yeah. But they're, they're such nice people, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's always... I mean... Satanists are some of the nicest people, so I guess it shouldn't be too surprised. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're all really lovely. But yeah, this game, I get, you play as necromancers trying to summon skeletons to gain power. That's yeah. A, that's, how I, that's how the plot seemed to me. <laughs> yep. We had just played a little kind of demo of it, so we didn't get the full scope of the game. But mm-hmm. it was very fun. You move your skeletons between these portals and, and collect dark energies and use that to, to, to buy cards that expands your powers it's uh it's cool and uh and the, the artwork is suitably uh it reminds me a lot of like mike mignola and the hellboy yeah kind of i style. agree mm-hmm. like not not it's not like the same but it's just i guess no it's it, it's that in tones of gray yes and i mean probably listeners you'll know what i mean i just it just it reminds me of it like that and uh what's that game um darkest dungeon it, it, that kind of style mm-hmm. all right i have one more honorable mention um, <laughs> which is maybe the booth that we spent the longest amount of time at. And I thought was a really awesome addition to PAX. Yes. Dungeons and Dragons had a little booth for idle champions. Oh. <laughs> and yes. all it was, was a bunch of blank coloring book pages of characters mm-hmm. and, and a thing of crayons. But I think it was very nice for something that is... Packs can get stressful. There are a lot of people. Yeah. It's very crowded. It was very nice to just sit down for a little while and just color in a page. I know. I think I underestimated how... How, how relaxing coloring is. To, well, <laughs> how how um, particular you are going to be about coloring in yours. I, I mean, I'm not... I think I did a fine job. I was inside most of the lines, uh, (laughs) but I had finished mine and looked over and you were You didn't know you could shade with crayon. I was not aware that was a thing, but, uh, and then see, now I'm curious, did yours end up on their website? Because it fucking well should have. (laughs) They had a lot of them, so. Uh, Yeah, I know. But like, even when you, when we, because you had to hand them in to get, uh, to get a, a, a 
a beholder die, like mm-hmm. a six-sided die with a beholder on it. They handed them in and they looked at yours and they were like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I take my coloring very seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I learned. I learned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I also want to give a shout out to the food trucks because getting food at PAX is, is a thing, I, I generally. And I think the food trucks, situa- the situation's gotten better. Like, in my opinion, there used to be a couple at the front, but now they have, like, a bunch at the back. And then the, the variety and uh, they also, they've got um, a couple inside now as well. I don't know. I think, in general, I think the food situation is better than it what has been in the past. It seems like it to me anyway. Yeah, like and they a, had a vegan taco truck. It, that it, was that's awesome. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it just so much more. Very inclusive. Yes. Oh, and for the first time since one of the early PAXs, they had a bar open. Yeah, they did. They had a bar. Uh, Voodoo Ranger had a bar on site in the convention center. They were limiting people. And I guess they've had some issues in the past with people getting a little too drunk. Um, but they were limiting people, I think, to three beers a day. I didn't point this out to them because I didn't want to uh, that guy. As but- he's telling me, I was like, I see a way around this already. <laughs> Their method of, of limiting you, they would give you a wristband. You know, there's traditionally... Yeah, you have you know, to they- show your ID at the, the gate, kind yeah. of. And they give you a wristband. And then when mm-hmm. you bought a beer, they would just mark, put a little mark on the wristband to say you've had one. And then once you got the three, you weren't allowed anymore. Right. I mean, you there's, just take that there's off. Nothing, yeah, there's nothing to stop you from leaving. Taking off the bracelet and then coming back through. <laughs> and getting another one. <laughs> but hey, maybe we're just evil geniuses and no but one Pax, else I hope it. you're not listening to this well, no. because. Well, I guess the point was just that I think he implied that they hadn't allowed it in the past because there had been some sort of incident. Right. Like, and I was like, well, first of all, what the, what happened? I'm, I'm really curious. I mean, probably someone just got drunk and was a pain in the ass mm-hmm. or several people possibly. But and then also I'm hoping that. It worked out okay because that was nice. It was nice to be able to just stop in and have a beer, mm-hmm. you know. So hopefully people didn't abuse the privilege. It didn't seem like it. No, it didn't. And I, I think you would be able to tell the guy checking IDs at the door, like if you were wasted already, he's not yes. going to let you in. But I guess Pax would not be a good somebody being really drunk at Pax. I could see that being a pain in the ass. Oh yeah. So yeah, I can see why they they were being careful about it. So I'm ho- hopefully it all worked out. <laughs> Good beer too, Voodoo Ranger. Yeah. They're good stuff. Good choice. I'm glad it wasn't just, you know, Bud or something. <laughs> <laughs> For $20 or whatever. Right. Like you would normally- How it usually is. Well, so, and like, yeah, I was going to say the prices were pretty reasonable as well. I think it mm-hmm. was, I mean, mm-hmm. more than you'd pay at a bar, but okay, you know, outside, but I think it was only like what, six or seven bucks a beer, not yeah. the 10 or 15 they charge at the bloody Dunkin' Donuts Center here in Providence. <laughs> yeah. For the Bud Light and the Coors. Yeah. Oh, it's a big can. I don't care. Uh, yeah, still trash. it still tastes like shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was PAX. I think. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to? Uh, no, I think. I think that was it. Yeah. Big thanks to Penny Arcade for having us again. Um, mm-hmm. We like. It's one of my favorite things to do is go to PAX, and uh, just really grateful that we get to, to do it and, and talk about it and meet. All you lovely people out there, podcast at multiplenerdgasm.com. If you've got, uh, want to get in touch with us, mnerdgasm on Twitter, multiple nerdgasm on Facebook, uh, multiple nerdgasm on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And head to patreon.com slash multiple nerdgasm if you want to support what we do. We love all our patrons. We love everybody, not just the patrons, <laughs> but we do love them more. Well, I am just glad that we got to attend what could possibly be the final packs after the entire world gets wiped out with coronavirus. 
Yes, when we're no longer ever again allowed to gather in large groups of people. That's right. They'll have to do like a 10 and under uh, at a time. Oh, God. What a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Not age. 10, no. ten people. 